the Son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for uh, January 9th, 2011. And today, we're not going to be doing the actual current events. Uh, we're going to be actually just doing a dedicated study uh, entitled The Shocking Truth About the Faith of the Founding Fathers of America. I know I've done one on George Washington in the past, and there's been some really good DVDs put out by Cutting Edge. .org regarding this particular subject, Riddles in Stone. Um, they've made a total of three. I'll give you the links to those as well. Uh, in the PDF for this, it's going to be about a 34-page PDF that will be associated with the teaching for January 9th, 2011. So I should start out by saying, yeah, if you doubt any of this information, just really take a look at those uh, links to those DVDs because... Uh, if you have any doubts after this 34-page study, you really need to watch those to understand the underpinnings of the foundation of this country. I'm not saying it was all pure wickedness, okay? I'll state that right off the bat. But there are a lot of things that we haven't been told and that have been covered up. And uh, once you see this information, you'll understand why it was covered up and why it's been buried. And... Uh, Typically, this subject would be portrayed in a very patriotic veneer regarding, you know, painting the Founding Fathers in Washington, D.C. and all the things that went on early in the start of the United States as uh, this wonderful, you know, Christian-oriented type of thing. And the reality is, is that is totally false, and it can be easily proven. Uh, we're going to take a look at the occult architecture of just the Capitol building in the first part of the study. And you can make up your own mind. I'm going to provide you with a lot of different pictures of the things that we're talking about as well in the PDF. And um, you can make up your own mind, uh, pray about it, fast about it if you need to. But it would also make sense why things are the way that they are today. The th I mean, everything that I get into on a weekly basis has eventually evolved from, clear back from 1776, which is literally the start of the Illuminati, which was May 1st, which is a high satanic holiday, Beltane, which is when the Illuminati was started by Adam Weishaupt. And then the Declaration of Independence was signed the same year, July 4th. And I don't believe that's any accident. But the things that started clear back then have evolved into what they are today, where we're right on the cusp of literally ushering in the New World Order. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So we want to look at the actual foundation of, you know, even you can look at the foundation of regarding the architecture that was made of, of Washington, D.C. You can look at the foundation of the faith of the quote, founding fathers. And it's very easy to verify this stuff. I mean, the quotes are available uh, from the Library of Congress, and a lot of people have went in there and actually uh, went, and, and we're going to read several of these quotes, and it's going to be very obvious. Now, a lot of people will come back and say, well, what about this, this, and this? Well, my response to them is, does whatever this or her person said 
Okay, whether it's George Washington, whether it's Jefferson, whether it's whoever. Okay. Do their actions on a particular given date or in a particular writing that they've had, does that negate all of the other things they actively and openly either said or participated in that have been documented and verified? Does it negate those? Because that's the argument you tend to get into. They'll say, oh no, look at this. And then I say, does that negate this? Does that cancel their participation in high-level Freemasonry? Or does that cancel this quote and this quote and this quote that was documented? Does that cancel those other things out? Okay, and that's the thing you have to ask yourself. Does one thing cancel out another? A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, as the Bible says. Leaven's bad doctrine, essentially, or type of sin. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, Does the leaven, the wickedness of much of the architecture of Washington, D.C., does that that cancel out... um, Things like, well, we this country was founded on godly principles, and this and that, and this and that, and sis boom ba rah 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 type of thing. Okay, does that cancel? Does all the occultic garbage that we can easily document? Does it cancel out all the occultic garbage? No, I mean, it, it should, I mean, if these people were were really true born again Christians, or, or these types of things, you know, their lives should have reflected that from A to Z. I'm not saying that means they would walk around in sinless perfection, but at least striving to be a Christian, you know. Well, we're going we're gonna to look at that today. And I've, like I said, I've already done a study on George Washington before. I make no apologies for that because it's, it's not my information. I'm just documenting what's available. And so we're going to be looking, and this first part is actually going to be looking at, particularly at the U.S. Capitol. And this is not from a Christian standpoint. So, the guy that wrote this article, I think he did a really good job documenting, but he, he did a very good job documenting from an occultic standpoint. Now, if you want it presented from a Christian standpoint, watch the links to the DVDs that I give that Cutting Edge put up. The Secret Beginnings of America and Riddles in Stone. That's all about the Capitol, that one. I give you links to go to watch those. Um, or if you want to go up to Cutting Edge ORG, you can buy the DVDs there. And Watch him. Okay, I just think this guy did a really good job talking about the Capitol and documenting it from a pagan occultic standpoint. Uh, it's a very matter of fact about it. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious when you start looking at this information. You know, I mean, there's just no way you can slap a Christian veneer on this stuff. You can try all day long, but it just doesn't work. Okay, it just doesn't work. Um, starting off, it says the U.S. Capitol is simply not another governmental building. It is the spiritual center of the United States, particularly the political spiritual center, I think. Its structure, its art, its symbols all reveal the great importance of the secret fraternities in shaping, in the shaping of the world's most powerful government. We'll explore the Capitol and discover the features that make this building a Masonic site, an American temple of Solomon. Now, remember that show with Nicolas Cage where... uh, Forget the name of that. What's that? National Treasure. Oh, National Treasure. Yeah. And it was all about, 
I believe at the end, all about finding Solomon's treasure. And this is what the Freemasonry revolves around. The, the keys of Solomon, Hiram Abiff, and, and so much of the, of the, of the, um, Degrees that you advance in, in the Freemasons, and those blood, blood curdling blood oaths that the Bible forbids you to take. The Bible says to, you know, swear, swear not. Okay? And you're, you're swearing, 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 I'm do this, I'll do this, I'll have my tongue plucked out of my head, my eyes gouged out of my head, you know, all these unbelievably bad blood oaths that I have documented somewhat in other studies. And just do a keyword search for uh, blood oaths, Freemasons, if you don't believe me. And all of these these oaths that they take, but a lot of it centers around Solomon, okay, and uh, the Solomon Solomon of the Bible. And so it's interesting they kind of start out that way, talking about the Masons and, and this being an American temple of Solomon, because a lot of this stuff ultimately ends up going back to that. And that show National Treasure, it was the same thing. I believe they found Solomon's treasure at the end there. Oh, and again, that movie was brought to us by Disney, who I've done a 10-part teaching on as well. And they were the ones that we just documented last week. They're coming out with their new kind of animated cartoon thing where, um, I don't know, Mars Needs Moms, where they're being abducted and, I believe, impregnated, and they're being the mothers to the uh, aliens' uh, children on Mars. And they make it, they, they put in this real fun, wonderful veneer, and uh, you can go up on um, the uh, internet to YouTube and just key in Mars Needs Mom trailer, and you can watch that. So anyway, yeah, Disney's about as wicked as you could possibly get. But that show National Treasure with, with Nicolas Cage would confirm a lot of what we're looking at today. The secrecy. and the Because they, these are things we're looking at today. The, the Freemasons operate in secrecy. They've always wanted to operate... Uh, they've never wanted to give away their their secrets or let people on, honestly understand their luciferic, satanic agenda. And ultimately, it is to usher in the New World Order. Ultimately, it is to usher in a one-world religion. When, really, Freemasons, in its purest form, is like Babylonian mystery religions, just kind of repackaged. It's the, it's really kind of one of the... the um, the first pagan religions that the planet ever knew. I mean, if you go all the way back to after the flood, I mean, it was like a restart. Okay, we've got eight people now again. The whole world's been wiped out. And here you have Nimrod and Semiramis starting this Babylonian mystery religion. And this is what the Freemasons are. It's kind of a repackaged version of that. And they wanted to bring in a new world order back then. The Tower of Babel. And God had to split them up and confound their languages and send people to the four corners of the world. Or they might have just pulled it off, is the way the Bible alludes to. So here we come back to the day and time we're living in, and Satan is trying to orchestrate the same thing now as he did back at the Tower of Babel. And the Freemasons have had a lot to do with ushering in that one world religion that we're coming to. So, the capital is viewed by the average American as the seat of democracy where big political decisions are taken. 
or made, is what it should say. Very few recognize the spiritual elements of the architecture and the symbolism of the building, which literally makes it a temple of the Masonic mysteries. At the center of it all is George Washington, a 33rd degree Freemason being anointed as, quote, the American Christ. Now, we're going to get into that later. The building of the Capitol involved many notions unknown to the common man, yet the builders seemed to give great importance to them. Alignment with heavenly bodies. Now, this is all astrology and paganism. Okay, When you start aligning buildings with stars, and then it says the importance of ley lines, which are these lines that occultists will try to build on, and um, they're lines that are on the planet, and the occultists believe that they have spiritual power on these lines. So they, they build structures where there's ley lines, or particularly where ley lines cross one another, Okay, and I do believe that uh, the um, Riddles in Stone DVD gets into the into the ley lines because a lot of people might not be aware of this. But you have to understand, occultists they don't just do stuff. There's reasons why they do things, and typically, if they're going to do something and they're going to build something on a grand scale like the Capitol, they're going to do it with a lot of occultic notions in mind and a lot of occultic reasons. That whole city is laid out in a very extremely occultic way to maximize the potential for witchcraft, for for the witchcraft that takes place in Washington, D.C., I would say on a daily basis. I mean, if you were going to be the spiritual occultic seat of America, wouldn't you want to position yourself in such a way where the witchcraft you were going to invoke the curses you were going to uh, conjure, that they would have maximum impact. Okay, Now, location comes into that. Um, also, aligning with the stars, ley lines, uh, occult numerology, spiritual energy, dates, times, places. Like I said, I mentioned Beltane earlier, Halloween. There's, there are other times where specifically certain witchcraft will work much better than others. And they know this. And this is how they practice their religion. And, I mean, a lot of this might be shocking to a lot of people, but that's that's how high-level occultists practice their, their Luciferian religion. Typically, Luciferians are generational. They're born into it. And this is the only thing they've ever known, for a lot of them. Going further... <clears throat> Those things might sound like crazy New Age stuff to the average Joe, but not to the Founding Fathers, who attributed great importance to them. Here's a look at the meaning of the Capitol building. The Capitol, like all of Washington, D.C., has been almost entirely designed by Freemasons, and integrates within its architecture the artwork and the keys to the craft. The Freemasonic craft is what we're actually talking about here, but that word craft is also another word for witchcraft. And um, there's whole books of witchcraft written, and they're called The Craft. And so, for the Freemasons, is just another version of witchcraft. Now, I'm not saying that all Freemasons, in fact, I don't think the majority of Freemasons that are in the Freemasonic fraternities or whatever, even know what's really going on. But the demons sure do. And every time they take a new blood oath, it's basically like, okay, adopt a demon day. We, they take on these oaths and they don't understand by sinning with their tongue, 
by doing this and taking these oaths, they're literally inviting more demons into them. And Bill Schneblin had done this study, and he said supposedly he got to like the 90th degree of these secret Freemasonic rites. There's other branches of Freemasons, like Palladium and these types of things. And he said that once he got, I don't know, I think to the 29th or 30th degrees, which is where... Um, I really believe that, which is where it gets serious at that point. Albert Pike has a quote, and it's in a chick track, and it's it's on the one, the Curse of Baphomet chick track. You can go up to chick.com and look up the Curse of Baphomet, the track. It's a, it's a track you can give out, give out to Freemasons. And they give the quote from Albert Pike on that particular tract. Okay, I decided to go online and just go ahead and read this quote to you, because I know I've kind of said it in part before, but I want to give you the exact quote by Albert Pike. Albert Pike was the guy that kind of resurrected modern-day free, free, or he's credited with resurrecting modern-day Freemasonry in the 1800s. He was the highest, he was a uh, very, very high-ranking Confederate war general. He's the only Confederate war general which actually has a statue within the city limits of Washington, D.C. And you'd think, why would a Confederate war general have a statue within Washington, D.C.? Because that was Yankee territory, right? Well, he does. and But you have to understand that, you know, the Freemasons are a fraternity, of, and their allegiance are to one another in a, it's like a Luciferic fraternity. And um, in the track it reads, Albert Pike was the Grand Commander Sovereign Pontiff of the Universal Freemasonry. Listen to what he said, quote, uh, that which we must say to the crowd, meaning to, you know, the lay people, the people that are outside Freemasonry, is that we worship a God, but it is the God that that one worships, that uh, it is the God that one adores without superstition. Meaning, I believe he's implying it's the God of the Bible. Okay, But then he goes on to say, to you, Sovereign Grand Inspector General, Inspectors General, we say that you may repeat it to the brethren of the 32nd, 31st, and 30th degrees, the Masonic religion should be, by all of us, initiates of the high degrees, maintained in the purity of the Luciferian doctrine. If Lucifer were not God, would Adonai, or Jesus Christ, calculate him, that word calculate, Calcuminate means to spread false and harmful statements. So Jesus, according to Albert Pike, is spreading harmful statements about poor old Lucifer. Like that proves anything, like what he said. What does that prove? Oh, my word. And then, it, and then he goes on to say, ends it by saying, yes, Lucifer is God. That's how he ends it. Uh, exact quote. And I believe this is from Morals and Dogma, but they do give the reference here. It's on page 588. Uh, he, he wrote Morals and Dogma, which is like the modern-day Bible of the Freemasons. Now, a lot of Freemasons don't even know about it, and they haven't read it. And most people of the lower degrees would never read it. But Morals and Dogma is what Albert Pike wrote. There's two versions. There's an exoteric, and there's an esoteric version. The esoteric is extremely hard to find, and it is the one where you get the real deal Luciferian witchcraft stuff, the real agenda. The exoteric is like the, I don't know, put out there to placate the lower level Freemasons and maybe the masses. Okay, so usually when you have a high level Luciferian adept, 
there's usually going to be multiple meanings to things that they say. And that way they can, they're like cockroaches, they can kind of, um, you know, hide under the cover of certain things. Now, it shows, it shows a picture of Albert Pike here. The guy couldn't look any more wicked. I mean, if they had like a, a wicked contest, he would win first place every time. You know, I mean, you can hardly stand and look at the guy. He really looks mean, or, or evil, okay? And he's wearing this um, symbol around his neck. And this is the symbol of Baphomet, or the goat of Mendez, or Lucifer, essentially. It is was worn by Aleister Crowley, and this was, centu- this was this century's most notorious Satan. And it's kind of like a cross with... <clears throat> It's got a cross. It's got. It's like a cross, but it's got. It's there's a uh, instead of the post being at the top, it's right in the middle, and then there's two posts right above it and below it, and then there's little hashes going between all the posts. You can go up to chick.com and go under the free, Freemasonry, and you'll see the Curse of Baphomet track. You can go. You can even print it off. You can send it to somebody via email. You can send them the link. You can put it in a Word document and send it, or a PDF. Um, and then it goes on to say, there's, they show a picture of Sovereign Grand Commander Henry C. Clausen, who was a 33rd degree Freemason, and he's also wearing this symbol of Baphomet on his hat. So, you know, uh, he goes on to say, remember when you took your first Masonic Oath, and they asked you, who comes here? And when you said, I'm in darkness, I want to be brought to light, because that's the first oath that they take. Okay, I want to be brought... How could, how could something evil bring you into light? It's the exact opposite. Okay? It says, it says when you said, I'm, I'm, I'm in darkness, I want to be brought to light. At that point, you deny Jesus, who said, I am the light of the world. Plus, you call him a liar. And then the Bible says in Matthew 10.33, Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Um, then it goes on to say, the all-seeing eye is from the Egyptian god Osiris, or Horus, whichever one. The obelisk is the Masonic symbol of the male sex organ, right out of Baal worship. And what's in front of the capital? Due, you know, I forget if it's due north or whatever, it's this, you know, the Washington Monument. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, but the Washington Monument is the largest phallic symbol, it's the largest obelisk on the planet. 555 feet from the ground and 666 feet from the base because there's 111 feet underground. So it's 666 feet tall. Largest male phallic symbol on the planet. And it's right smack dab in the middle of Washington, D.C. in alignment with the Capitol. I mean, this you couldn't get any more satanic than Washington, D.C. You really couldn't. And I've done, I've seen all kind of... Uh, statistics on Washington, D.C., and it has got to be, like, you know, one of the highest crime rates, that you know, drug rates, you name it. Well, when you've got that kind of wickedness emanating from a place like that, what would you expect? Masonry is a dark spiritual force blending all ungodly religions together. When a Christian joins this, this forms, this is a form of Baal worship. He brings spiritual death to his church and to his family, and they're showing the actual holy royal arch room of the Freemasons Hall in Dublin, I, I believe Ireland. And 
Unfortunately, the lodge is controlled by Satan. Look at the centerpiece of the main temple room at the headquarter of the Mother Supreme Council of the World in Washington, D.C. Now, this is where you have to go if you're a 33rd degree Mason to become a 33rd degree Mason. You can still go up to like 7-Eleven and they christen you a 33rd degree Mason. Okay? You gotta go to the main Masonic temple room at the headquarters of the Mother Supreme Council. And I believe it's like 13 blocks due north of the Capitol or something. It's like 13 blocks, you know, 13 being the number of rebellion. Everything that's laid out in Washington, D.C. is done by design. And here we've got the symbol of Baphomet over the literal main throne in the Masonic Temple room at the headquarters of the Mother Supreme Council in Washington, D.C. And there's a picture here on that. So, again, you know, <laughs> that by itself is... is an, oh, and let, let me give this one other thing here. Uh, while we're at it. Alex, being a mason, you brought witchcraft right in your home. And the guy says, what? And I'm reading off the track. Um, and it says, that gives Satan's dark forces legal ground. It's like bringing a cursed object in your home. He said, that red fez under that glass dome is one example of you bringing a cursed object in your house. You know how the Shriners wear the red fezes? And the Shriners um, are like a higher order mason. You've got to be a certain degree to even be a Shriner. Okay? And then you have the jesters above them. And they're really wicked. They're the ones that I've, I've been told, and I've done a study on, on them uh, in part, and they're the ones that literally say that they pretty much control all the rest of the Freemasons. And I mean, you all manner of debauchery with the jesters. But um, it says, your red fez under glass, under a glass dome is one example. It is actually a shrine to Allah. Now, isn't this isn't this the religion that I keep exposing on a weekly basis here, almost with the Muslims? Well, the red fez under glass is a shrine to Allah. I mean, think about it. Shriners. Okay, it's all Muslim based. Everything in the Shriners is they have a Quran as their main holy book, as a Shriner. Uh, the fez, the um, it has a lot of Islamic overtones, very not so subtle. In the 8th century, Muslim hordes overran the Moroccan city of Fez and butchered 50,000 Christians. The street ran red with blood. The Muslim murderers dipped their caps, their red fezes, or their fez caps, in the blood in honor of Allah, which is what they're commanded to do, right? I mean, according to the Quran, they're, they're commanded to slay and kill the infidel and show no mercy and behead them. I've given you the quotes right from the Quran, right? Well, these blood-stained caps were then called fezes which are idols dedicated to the false god Satan, or Allah. To become a, sh a shriner, you swore on a Muslim oath with your hand on a Quran. You prayed to Allah and called that demon the god of your fathers. See, Allah is the moon god. He is not the god of the Bible. I mean, the, the Quran is totally contradictory to the Bible on so many levels. Just because the Quran mentions Jesus doesn't mean they're compatible in any way, shape, or form. They totally deny the divinity of Jesus Christ. They totally deny that he was crucified and paid our sin debt and, and gave us the ability to be, become saved through him. No, they totally deny it. I, I gave you the quotes. I believe it was, uh, if it wasn't last week, it was the week before that. In the study I did. 
Another witchcraft item is your cursed Masonic apron. Aprons worn by high-level Masons are packed with occult symbols. Now, you can go up and you can look at, a lot of people will say, well, yeah, but when George Washington was in it, this is the biggest uh, thing I get. When George Washington did it, the, the, the lodge hasn't, hadn't been infiltrated. Okay, well, let me tell you something. Go look at his apron. Go look at George Washington's original apron. And I'm going to give you some pictures of it in this thing, in this study. And they're full of occult symbology, the all-knowing eye of Lucifer, um, the skull and the, com- the, the, the compass and the, uh, the square, which is symbolic of the male and the female principle. Uh, all kind of wicked stuff is on his apron. So maybe the Freemasons hadn't been infiltrated as bad as they got infiltrated. Okay, and I know there's some writings of Washington that may allude to that, but it doesn't matter. To me, because it was wicked and corrupted from its foundation. It was ripe. I mean, put it this way. If you have something satanic, do you think Satan is going to be content with it just staying at one level of evil? Or is Satan going to say, no, if you want to do it my way, you're going to have to serve me more hardcore. You're, this thing is going to be more corrupted and more wicked over time. So, I will grant you that possibly at the very beginning, the Freemasons weren't as evil as they became. And maybe as corrupted as it got. It doesn't change the fact that it was totally wicked from the very inception. And they still had the same symbols that they ended up adopting to this day. So, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't hold water either, that argument. Because that's the main argument I'll get when it comes to Washington. He didn't really know, and this and that. Well, you know, you're destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know? Even if that were the case, and I don't even believe it was the case, because of what I'm going to read you, a lot of his quotes. Even if that were, you you could still be destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And if you look at the quotes of the founding fathers, you could tell that that's how they base their lives. Pride goeth before fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction. It's hard to not be at that kind of level where you're like considered, you know, whatever. You're, okay, Washington, in his case, you know, a general, president of the United States, elevated to this very, very high level. It's hard to be at that level and maintain humility unless the Lord is keeping you in check. Unless you are also keeping yourself in check to a certain extent. Because the Bible says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Most people do not have that ability. They get proud. And that pride blinds them. Or maybe they get a lot of knowledge and knowledge puffeth up. What they need to do is consider the pit from whence they're dug. And they need to try to humble themselves under the almighty hand of God. In a due time they'll be lifted up. Most people don't do that. Most people let pride come into them, and that pride blinds them just like it blinded Lucifer when he fell. The Bible says through his merchandise and through his beauty, he was lifted up. And then he said, I will ascend under the sides of the north. I will be like the Most High. It's very hard to police ourselves. And then what happens is, we start thinking, you know, well, we got it all figured out. And you'll see from these quotes of these founding fathers. It was totally their opinion. Every quote that they said that would, that would denigrate Jesus Christ or the Bible or Christianity was purely their own opinion. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
Proverbs 16, 25, and 14, 12 say that. They were trusting in their own heart. And the Bible says, in Proverbs 28, 26, He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. And the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. So this is the problem you run into, and then you start emulating and worshipping a man. Like a lot of people have done with Washington. And a lot of Freemasons have done. Or, or you pick a founding father. The Bible says that cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. You're not supposed to go around trusting in a man, or elevating a man to this big... I mean, Jesus Christ is one thing. But beyond him, beyond the word of God, you're not supposed to go out and do this. Because man can fail you. Um, let me just read this again. Another witchcraft item in your cursed is your cursed Masonic apron. Aprons worn by high-level Masons are packed with occult symbols. And they lied about the apron being your righteousness at the great white throne judgment. That's what they say about these cursed lamb skin aprons. What is that a mockery of? The Lamb of God that paid our sin debt, that washes our sins white as snow? The Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last? This is rank blasphemy. And that's what they're taught when they go to the celestial lodge in the sky. Rank blasphemy. Righteousness comes only from Jesus Christ, never from some lambskin Pagan cursed apron. Plus, only the damned appear at the judgment seat of Christ, or the uh, great white throne judgment. Judgment seat of Christ is for believers. Okay, great white throne judgment is for unbelievers. No one will be found righteous at the great white throne judgment. But that's what they're taught. They're, they're taught to believe that that apron is going to represent their righteousness. That's going to be like how, that's like their ticket into heaven. I mean, that's what they're taught. Maybe not like first degree, but as you as you go up in the ranks, and let me tell you, there's a lot of very, very high level ranking Freemasons that would really, really surprise you. Billy Graham was was, was uh, on the Louisiana site until they people got wind of it and they took his na- took his name down. A lot of people, and I believe I've, I've went over a lot of those names. A lot of people in modern day Christianity. Big, heavy hitters. Well, hey, if you were Lucifer and you wanted to position your troops, where would you do it? Would you do it at the low levels? Where they couldn't reach anybody? Or inf- no, you wouldn't want to have maximum impact. So, I've done a whole study on Billy Graham. You can reference that as well. Uh, anyway, then they show what they're doing is they take, they take like he takes his apron and he takes his fez and whatever else he's got and he burns it in a burn barrel. I'm telling you, that's what you need to do right there. Destroy what you can destroy, burn it in a burn barrel. Because there's literally demons attached to these things. And the demons don't like the fire. Why do you think they did that in the book of Acts? When they brought all their books of curious arts together. And it numbered like, I don't know how many thousands pieces of silver. They were into witchcraft. Witchcraft is going to be the coming essence, the coming essence of the one world religion. That's how, you know, and they, they were doing it back in biblical times, and they're doing it today. We're immersed in it. Harry Potter, all these different shows on that are just immersing people, lying to people about witchcraft. you got Twilight. They're being absolutely, totally 
immersed in it and prepped for it. And the New Age movement is all about that. And the very essence of the way that the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to deceive the whole world is the lying signs and wonders and miracles. And it's going to be the highest level of witchcraft you've ever seen. That's going to, I mean, what, what, is it going to be of God? <laughs> no, of course not. It's going to be very, very high level witchcraft, uh, the likes of which the world has never seen. So anyway, they, they, show, they show them burning the, their witchcraft paraphernalia. And they were asking the Lord to forgive them, and we renounce it. We, dear Father, we never knew that Freemasonry was witchcraft, and that's the truth. A lot of them really don't know. It's really sad, but that's the case. So going further, the Capitol, like all in Washington D.C., has been almost entirely designed by the Freemasons. It integrates within its architecture and artwork the keys to the craft. The United States Capitol, Washington D.C., was the creation of a succession of architects who were almost all Freemasons. Originally designed by William Thornton, who lived from 1759 to 1828, the work was completed by Benjamin Latrobe, a pupil of the English architect Samuel Pepys Cockerell. Uh, who lived from 1754 to 1827, who also redesigned it after the War of 1812. The flanking wings in the great dome of the Capitol were were added later by Brother Thomas Usick Walter. I believe they say brother. This is straight from, it's called phoenixmasonry.org. Oh, you want to see some documentation? (laughs) Go up, I mean, that's a a site promoting Freemasonry, okay? You want to see Washington's apron under glass? You want to see whatever you want to see, man. They got pictures of it up there. You could spend a week up on that site, probably, just documenting all the free Masonic. I mean, they're openly proclaiming this stuff. When they call somebody a brother, it's it's a fellow brother in the craft, and this is from their site. So that's why they're saying they're all you know free. And then how, now we see the picture of Washington laying the cornerstone of the Capitol building in full Masonic regalia. Okay, he's got his apron on, his cursed devil apron. And um, they, uh, I believe this is the ceremony where they use the uh, the corn and the oil, um, which the Bible talks about in Hosea, where they're offering up the Baal. Okay, I believe in reference to Gomer, the, the wayward wife of Hosea. okay. And the corn, the oil, and the wine. And they used the same ceremony when they laid the cornerstone, the corn, the oil, and the wine, which is a which is a which is literally a witchcraft ceremony to Baal. Okay? And it shows a picture here of Washington doing this, laying the cornerstone. And um, the cornerstone of the US Capitol building was laid with Masonic honors on September eighteenth, seventeen ninety three, under the auspices of the Grand Masonic Lodge of Maryland. At the ceremony, President George Washington presided. Worshipful Brother Washington, that's what they call him. How sickening. Worshipful. There's no man or woman that, that should be worshipped. Only the Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, they're the only ones that, that should be I mean, even the angels don't like it when you do that. Not a good angel, at least. Satan likes it. What a blasphemous thing to call somebody. And then there's most worshipful. I mean, they got all these stupid titles that they love to have. I mean, all it does is build pride. Worshipful. Give me a break. I don't want nobody worshiping me. Golly. 
How delusional. Worshipful Brother Washington was assisted by R.W. Brother Joseph Clark, Grand Master Pro Temp uh, of Maryland. Some of this is abbreviated. This is straight from their documentation. Alicia, Alicia C. Dick, Master of the Alexandria Lodge. Alexandria. Like Alexandria, Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guarantee you that's where Alexandria got its name. And that's where they have the big Washington Masonic uh, Memorial right now. The the Freemasonic place that you can go visit. And we'll, we'll give you documentation on that later. Uh, Master of the Alexandria Lodge, number 22, Virginia, which was Washington's home lodge. And Valentine R- Rentzel, Master of the Lodge Number Nine of Maryland, now the Potomac Lodge Number n- Number Five of District Columbia. So, they give you a picture there. I, I mean, you can see all this. Now it shows another picture shows Washington with a square and compass around his neck and his Masonic apron, and he's got a trowel in his hand. Uh, and it's got the all-knowing eye of Lucifer in the background with the American flag, which is thirteen stars in the capital. And it says, the fatherhood of God, the brotherhood of man. But see, what God is the God of freedom? It's Lucifer, essentially. It's the God of Freemasonry, if you, if you really want to want to lay it out. Or, I've also heard Jabulon, which is, if you really boil it down, it's Jabulon, which is this like hybrid spider-man... I don't know, like a three-part, it looks like something out of some corny B-rated movie, Jabulon, that's, I've, I've heard that that's, if you really, really boil it down, that's the main, main one. I always love worshipping half spider, half man, half aardvark, or whatever it is. It's just stupid looking, but it's, it's a, it's a high-level de- devil, demon, fallen angel, I don't know. Anyway, that'd be a whole other study to get into that. <clears throat> and then it shows a picture here of the Capitol facing the Washington Monument, the largest phallic symbol on the planet. Second largest one is in the Vatican. How appropriate. Uh, the Washington, D.C. was carefully laid out in accordance with ancient occult principles. The Capitol is a vital part of the design by its location and its shape. The Capitol's most important feature is, of course, its massive dome, which carries heavy symbolic meaning that we'll see later. The dome faces the Washington Monument, which, from the ground, is 555.5 feet tall, which is actually, if you, if you take that and convert it into inches, is 6,666 inches. Now remember... It also goes down another 111 feet, which would be 666 feet from its base. But I'm sure there's nothing to any of this, and I'm just paranoid, right? (laughs) Why don't I just lighten up a little bit and live a little? Come on! You know, this just happened by chance, guys. Why do I always got to be such a stick in the mud? I'm so sick of myself. I know there's a lot of people sick of me. But I'm sick of myself. I'm sick of my old sorry self. Why can't I just lighten up? Anyway, sorry. Um, but anyway, the dome faces the Washington Monument, you know, 666 inches from the ground, replica of an ancient Egyptian obelisk. This layout is strikingly similar to St. Peter's Square in the Vatican, where an obelisk faces a giant dome as well. Wow. I guess it's just, that's just a coincidence, too. Here we got, you know, one of the most wicked places on the earth. 
St. Peter's Square, the Vatican, obelisk facing another dome. Pure wickedness. The same layout can also be found in Paris and Astana and many other countries. There is no coincidence here. The layout carries an important alchemical meaning. In almost all cultures, the dome has been associated with the female principle. The dome okay, is associated with the female principle. Almost like, well, like the receptacle. Like if you look at Islam, you have the star and you have the crescent moon. The crescent moon is the female it's the receptacle. The star is the male principle. It's the union of the male and female. The square and the compass of the Freemasons. You join them together. It's the male and the female unity together. It symbolizes the, the act of sex, essentially. Okay? You've got, now you've got a dome and you've got a huge phallic symbol. The dome is the receptacle. The phallic symbol is the phallic symbol. Okay? This is what we're dealing with here. I understand this is sick. But this is how they practice their religion. And there's a high level of occult significance and power in these structures. Particularly if they're laid out the right way, evidently. I mean, you know, these guys must have a lot of time on their hands to be worried about this garbage. Can you imagine having to jump through all these hoops if you're in a religion? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, be a Bible-believing Christian and not have to worry about all this garbage. I mean, not to say we don't have to pray against her, but I mean, can you imagine having to practice your religion this way? Oh, my word. In almost all cultures, the dome has been associated with the female principle, the womb, or the matrix. Opposed to it is the obelisk, the ancient Egyptian phallic symbol representing the male principle. The union of these two principles gives birth to the third entity, an offspring, that can be described as, quote, spiritual energy. Many theories claim that shapes such as pyramids, domes, and arches can either store, extract, or diffuse occult energy from their surrounding area. The theme of the union of male and female principles is very common in the occult architecture and is surely the most easily recognizable. Let's look at the capital now. Imagine a straight line starting at the tip of the capital's dome and going right down into the crypt of the capital. That's a part of the capital called the crypt. This is how we'll explore the capital. So again, this isn't an exhaustive study on all aspects of Washington's architecture. It's more focused just on the capital. If you want a complete study on this whole principle, click on the links to the uh, video presentations I'll give you from Cutting Edge, because I don't know anybody that's done a better job than them. Now, standing on top of the dome of the capital is the enigmatic Statue of Freedom. Standing on its spherical shape, the dome, which probably represents also Earth as well. Around this globe, it's St. E Pluribus Unum, which means out of many, one. Which implies, you know, the coming one world religion. We're going to have out of many religions, out of many cultures, out of many diverse viewpoints, a one world religion, a one world political system, a one world monetary system, one world government. Okay, that's what they're after. E pluribus unum is what their goal is. The new world order. I mean, the, bio, the, 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 the uh, back of the dollar bill, on the back of the dollar bill, it says, Anut Quaeptis Novus Order Secorum. Okay? Above the, the pyramid, on the back of the one dollar bill, Anut Quaeptis, which means announcing the birth. Novus Order Secorum means of the new world order. Announcing the birth of the new world order. And what is at the base of that pyramid, there's all these Roman numerals. Okay, what do those Roman numerals add up to? 1776. What did I just tell you earlier when the Illuminati started? 
1776, May 1st, Beltane, Adam Weishaupt. They'll say, oh no, that's when the De- Declaration of Independence was signed. Well, it happened to be the same year. Well, it was, it, actually, the Illuminati started before the Declaration of Independence was signed. I don't believe that's any, any uh, um, accident there. Okay, So we've got the birth of the, of the New World Order, 1776. We've got the all-knowing eye of Lucifer, or Horus, on top of the pyramid, on the unfinished pyramid. We've got 13 levels to the pyramid, 13 being the number of rebellion. And in Illuminati circles, there's 13 different levels of hierarchies and things of this nature that you can look at that. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. You could literally do a whole study just on the dollar. Now, I'm going to give you the link to the cuttingedge.org DVD on that, on the study of the dollar. You can watch that as well, if you doubt that. I mean, this stuff, the thing is, the Bible uh, alludes to in Daniel that um, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Okay, this is the time we're living in. The problem is, is a lot of the knowledge that's increasing is bogus, garbage, deceptive knowledge. You have to be able to weed through and ferret out the truth. The only way you can really do that is through the Holy Spirit. And staying in the Word of God, because the Bible says that thy word is truth. If you continue, Jesus Christ said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We're destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're not supposed to be ignorant of Satan's devices, according to 2 Corinthians 2.14. Why? Lest he get an advantage of us. doesn't mean we have to know every single aspect of everything that's going on, but there are, there are a lot of different ways that people are deceived. You've got to admit that. And the more you're deceived, the more that's hindering, you may not be aware of it, but the more it's hindering your potential walk with the Lord. It, is it going to help it any if you're deceived? Well, I'm, I'm just deceived of the gills, and I'm, I'm so close to the Lord, I can't stand it. It's not usually the way it goes. The less deceived you are, the better, right? I mean, come on, it's just common sense, you know. So, these are things you should be praying for. Pray for discernment. Pray that God will show you the truth. I believe I'm showing you the truth here. I mean, this is just obvious. This is so easy to document, it's not even funny. I mean, how could anybody disprove this? Now, not only that, but then all the, the DVDs... Cutting edge put on all this other stuff I'm going to get into. You know, you can argue with me all day long. Well, but this happened, and, and he said this, and he's really a great guy, and, and this really is Christian. Oh, come on. The evidence is so overwhelmingly stacked against anybody that would try to refute this. And as we get further into time, as knowledge increases more, and as the Illuminati just starts to really show their teeth and their fangs, they don't care anymore. I really believe their agenda is right out on the table. I don't think they would have let Jesse Fenjura do all these things that he's been doing. And I know he's not a Christian. But I'm telling you, a lot of the things that he's got into, Wall Street and uh, 9-11 and uh, HARP and the Gulf oil disaster and you name it, it's pretty much been very accurate information. I'm really surprised they let that information come out. But they're so far advanced in their agenda They don't care anymore. And there is a Kabbalistic principle that I got into on my Avion Flu presentation. Uh, You can go up on YouTube and watch it if you want. Just Keen Scott Johnson and Avion. When I spoke at the Prophecy Club. There's a Kabbalistic um, tenet. Kabbalah meaning the highest form of Jewish witchcraft and mysticism, which a lot of these Luciferians are a part of. High-level Zionists, whatever you want to call them. 
I'm not saying it's a big Jewish conspiracy either. I'm saying, yeah, they're part of it. But I'm not going to just blame everything on, on them. But there's a Kabbalistic principle that says that you must warn your enemy of their impending doom. And that way, when the when the doom when their doom falls upon them, they've been essentially they've been warned, and they will they will be powerless to do anything about it. And they take pleasure in that the fact that they're going to be powerless to stop, even though they've been warned. And I honestly, I think that's why a lot of this stuff's been able to come out in the modern. I mean, part of me was like, oh wow, I can't believe they're letting this out. This is wonderful. And part of me was like, wow, they've gotten so far advanced in their agenda, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. You couldn't have come out with this stuff 20 years ago without really having to fear for your life. Now, I'm not saying the Lord can't protect you. I'm just saying that this stuff, you know, wasn't real prevalent then. But now it's just so flagrant, so obvious, and the information's gotten out. I mean, you know. So, standing on top of the dome of the capitals, the enigmatic Statue of Freedom, standing on a spherical shape, um, so then we look at the Statue of Freedom, which is nothing more than the goddess of Columbia. She is a female allegorical figure whose right hand holds the hilt of a sheathed sword. Now, I've got pictures of all of this in the PDF. While a laurel wreath of victory and the shield of the United States are clasped in her left hand. The heraldic shield is the same as the great seal of the United States. With 13 stripes, 13 being the number of rebellion, except that the chief has stars, again, 13. Well, that's the number of colonies that were here originally. You're wrong. Well, it's also the number of rebellion. Okay, sorry. Her, her shitan is secured by a brooch inscribed U.S., like United States, and is partially covered by a heavy Indian-style fringed blanket thrown over her left shoulder. Now, a shitan was a form of clothing, I, I added this in just so you would understand what that meant, was a form of clothing worn by men and women in ancient Greece from the archaic period of, 70, of 750, um, circa 750 uh, BC to 550 BC to the Hellenistic period, which ended around 323 to 30 BC. She symbolically faces east towards the main entrance of the building, which means that, incidentally, the sun never sets on freedom. Well, isn't that special? The sun never sets on freedom. So who is this goddess standing on top of the capital's most important building and overlooking the state capital? Since she's certainly not the Virgin Mary, you'd be surprised at the number of people who think that, and she cannot be positively associated with any ancient goddess, the truth is the district bears her name. The District of Columbia. She's the goddess Columbia. She is an allegorical goddess of America and typically an atypical American mythological figure of Columbia. Now, I show you a whole bunch of art where it says Columbia. These are these are like old-time advertisements. It says Columbia Calls, and it shows this goddess Columbia with an American flag in one hand and a sword in the other. It says, enlist now for the U.S. Army. They actually had her on stuff like that back then. And then you have Columbia Pictures. Who do you see when at the start of a Columbia Pictures uh, movie? You see this goddess holding this torch up with the clouds in the background, and she's draped over. She looks all like she's from Greece or whatever. And then you've got another one. It shows her, and she's got like a American flag, and it says, "Welcome home, boys." I guess welcome home from the war. 
peace, justice, and liberty. You know, so that's that's how they portray it. Now, let's go further. The dome of the Capitol features its oculus. Now we're looking, we're 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 in the Capitol now, and we're looking up at the at the backside of the dome. We're looking at the underside of the dome. You always see it from the outside, but have you ever seen it from the inside? It's got this big painting on the inside. The dome of the Capitol features its it's called a the Oculus, an incredibly significant painting that reveals the philosophical, spiritual, and political aims of the Founding Fathers. Rare are the writers that have discussed the Gnostic, the out, what is Gnostic? The word Gnostic means um, hidden. It's a, it's a hidden, hidden knowledge is what it means. Okay? Gnosticism is the basis for much, much, much of all occultic religions. Okay, gnosis, knowledge. It's this occult, hidden knowledge. So, there's been a few writers that have discussed the Gnostic, alchemical, and esoteric. Esoteric would mean like a... You can look at it and say, oh, isn't that pretty? Look at that. It, it, it means this. That's your interpretation. But what is the occultic, esoteric meaning? Okay? So... Rare are the writers that have discussed the Gnostic, alchemical, and esoteric meaning of this work. Yet, it has been visited by millions of tourists. Okay, and then they show kind of a close-up of it. And it's this, like, I don't know. It's almost like this kind of heavenly-like scene. It's got, a, like, a, I don't know, a, a fallen angel with a trident. It, it's got the, the Columbia. She's got her shield, red, white, and blue shield, and her sword. And it's got... Um, I believe Washington, yeah, Washington is at the very center of the, um, the George Washington is at the very, very center of this scene, this almost heavenly-like scene that's playing out on this oculus, okay? And we've got stars totally rimming. I don't know how many of them there are. There's a lot, but it's around this painting, it's stars in pentagram shapes, Okay, all the way around, and they look, they're, they're a star within a circle, so it's a pentagram, and there's, I don't know how many of them, there's got to be at least 60, 70, probably, stars around there. The Apotheos is the work of Constantino Brumidi, an Italian artist who became famous for his paintings commissioned by the Vatican and Pope Pius IX. So, I mean, you know, it's a good guy to have be doing your painting, you know, I mean, it's con- con- commissioned by the, you know, most wicked pseudo-Christian cult on the planet, the, the Catholic Church, and by the Vatican and Pope Pius IX, I mean, what's not to like there? In 1848, an attempt to overthrow papal power in the Vatican was led by Freemason Giuseppe Manzini, which led to a period of chaos in the fleeing of the Pope. The revolution wasn't, however, successful and the papal power was restored by a European coalition. Surprisingly, Brumidi was arrested and found guilty of leading one of Manzini's revolutionary groups to overthrow the Vatican. He served some of his sentence in prisons, but was later permitted to leave Italy for the United States under the condition that he would never come back. He then made a name for himself in the USA by working for occult fraternities such as the Jesuits and such. Brumidi's story is the perfect is in perfect accordance with the capital's status as an anti-Vatican, or the mirror. It's like an anti-Vatican mirror. Remember how I said they've got the, 
the obelisk and they've got the dome and they've got the same thing at the Vatican. Okay, but it's like the anti-Vatican. Okay, um, the mystery religion. This mystery religion is opposite that of the Vatican's. Let's look at Brumidi's Magnus Opus. That word means great work. Okay, Brumidi's Magnus Opus was the Apotheos, which is this Oculus painting that we're talking about on the underside of the Capitol Dome that you can look up and see. An Apotheos can be defined as an attempted exaltation of a subject to divine to a divine level. In other words, the painting depicts the elevation of George Washington to a God-slash-man status, like Jesus Christ. Okay, He is shown, now remember, this is from an occult standpoint, but they're very matter-of-fact. He is shown seated on a rainbow, and, and behind him is a gateway, the vortex, the sun gate to the heavens, or the spirit world. As stated above, the dome esoterically represents the womb, or the giver of life. It's the female principle. Washington is about to exit the womb of the dome to experience rebirth as an immortal god. Some occultists have portrayed, have appropriately noted that Jesus Christ's divinity was portrayed in a similar way in primarily ancient religious Catholic art, which is true. And then they show examples of the way they portray Jesus Christ in ancient Catholic art. It's wicked. And this is wicked. Okay? It's not Jesus Christ the Bible. uh, This one painting we show here is called The Last Judgment by Hans Melning, which is the pagan Christ on a rainbow with a sun gate behind him. Very similar motif. Okay, and then we've got this next painting, which is called Christ in Majesty, he again here is, here is found is the Catholic Jesus on a rainbow surrounded by religious figures. It's very, very similar to this Washington, which is, you know, their pseudo-pagan knockoff version of the, I guess, the way the Catholics portrayed Jesus Christ. And again, it doesn't have anything to do with Jesus Christ the Bible. It's just their interpretation. The Apotheos sends, therefore, a clear message. George Washington is the American Christ. This might sound blasphemous to the average Christian, but it is in perfect harmony with the Masonic, Rosicrucian, Gnostic philosophy of the builders of the Capitol. The esoteric teachings of those orders explain that a spark of divinity lies dormant within each person. The inner godlessness or godliness, godliness can be awakened through rigorous intellectual and spiritual training, which is high-level witchcraft in this case, and the mastering of the occult arts. Okay, so the inner godliness can be awakened through rigorous intellectual and spiritual training and the mastering of the occult arts. Well, that's the big lie that everybody that gets into high-level occult is always told. You've got to keep doing this, and you've got to keep doing that. And you've got to advance to these degrees, and you've got to be a 33rd-degree mason, you got you got to be a first church of satan and you got to be a druid priest or whatever whatever path you end up going down it's always about works works even with satanism and luciferianism it's always about works the result of a successful training is the birth of a perfected man a christ a christ a god man rosicrucians believe that jesus christ teachings like buddha's show the path to the spiritual reform that one must undertake to attain illumination to be an illuminati an enlightened one george washington as a 33rd degree freemason has reached this exalted level i told you this before they only honor their own why do you think his his 
pictures on a $1 bill. I mean, do you think that just happens by chance? I don't think so. I mean, his... I mean, there's no greater person that, from a patriotic standpoint, this country has ever elevated more than George Washington. And I've hopefully proven to you that we've got a lot of very, very high-level generational Luciferians running this country. Why, if he was a true born-again Christian, would they so exalt him and so honor him? They take care of their own, but they don't like outsiders. Contrary to the above paintings Jesus of Jesus, where he was surrounded by angels and saints, Washington is surrounded by important figures of ancient paganism, which are intricate parts of the Masonic mysteries. Now we look at a series of other paintings. This one is called Toth Hermes and his caduceus and winged hat. The caduceus meaning the symbol of the uh, modern day medical. And we did a whole study on that recently. So that's uh, fallen angel Hermes which is the messenger god, is also the god of the underworld, and his caduceus and winged hat. Um, And then we've got a picture, a painting here of Vulcan, the god of fire. And that's the same planet that Dr. Spock was from, Vulcan. Isn't that funny? Vulcan, the god of fire, and also esoterically the god of alchemy, which is where they, you know, we'll, we'll discuss alchemy later. And then another picture of Columbia, also called freedom, shooing away the kings and tyrants. This woman with this red, white, and blue flag-type shield and a sword, like she's like the upholder of freedom and liberty, Columbia, you know? What a bunch of garbage. And then we've got Ceres, the goddess of agriculture, which is where we get the word cereal from. Ceres is where we get the word cereal. A lot of the words that we use on an everyday basis, unfortunately, have a cult etymologies, they're, they're, they have occult derivatives, they're derived from occult words. That's where we get the word cereal. Ceres, goddess of agriculture. You know, wheat and stuff that they make cereal from. Unless it's Lucky Charms, which just remember, they're magically delicious. Okay? It doesn't get much better than Lucky, Lucky Lucifer Charms, Charmer, meaning also witchcraft. The Bible talks about, that forbids the charmers and the enchanters and these. Hey, it's all good, you know? Little leprechaun with his little pot of gold doesn't get any more demonic or evil than that. It's like a curse in a box. Every cereal box comes with a big fat demon. I wouldn't eat that stuff. I'm serious. I mean, I don't know what kind of occult exchange is taking place. And don't even get me started on Count Chocula. Sorry, <laughs> kidding, just kidding. Anyway, um, so then we've got Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. We've talked about Minerva in times past. We did our study on the Bohemian Grove. We talked about Minerva and Lilith. And uh, I believe Artemis. And a lot of these goddesses and gods are repackaged for different cultures. The names change, but the fallen angel behind them stays the same. Okay, so. And then, so they go on to say Hermes, Poseidon, Vulcan. I, I didn't put the picture of Poseidon up here because he was like, there was like a naked woman in there. And I didn't want to show that. So I, I only posted the pictures that were. Like, you know, not X-rated or whatever. Um, But Hermes, Poseidon, Vulcan, Freedom, Ceres, and Minerva are meant to respectively represent commerce, marine, meaning marine, uh, sea, Poseidon's the sea, mechanics, war, agriculture, and wisdom. The paintings hide, however, an esoteric alchemical meaning. 
The alchemical meaning uh, is both a philosophy and a practice with an aim to achieve ultimate wisdom as well as immortality. Isn't that what it's always about? You're going to become as gods. Well, gods don't die. Isn't that the big lie of the new age and the new world order? You're, you'll be as gods. Isn't that the big lie of transhumanism and all this garbage where they're they're intermingling our DNA with foreign DNA and and, 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 and uh, doing the same thing to the crops and the animals and the birds and they're corrupting the DNA? Isn't that what they were doing in Genesis 6? When the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they came down and they took them wise, all that they chose, and those women bore them giants in those days, which were also called the fallen ones of the Nephilim, who were unredeemable. And those Nephilim and the fallen angels defiled the world so bad that God had to wipe it out, save eight people with the flood. And didn't Jesus Christ say, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, which we're right on the cusp of here. We should be looking out for this exact same defiling of the DNA of all aspects of nature, which is what was taking place prior to the flood. But they were trying to, you know, the big lies, oh, you'll, you'll be immortal, you'll be as a god. Isn't that what Satan said to Eve in the Garden of Eden? Or the serpent? I mean, you know, hey, eat this fruit and you'll have your eyes open, you'll be as God. It was the big lie back then which caused the first sin ever in humanity to happen and it's still the same lie now. They just repackage it a little bit different. It's what causes a lot of people to get into this garbage. You know? And this is what this whole alien garbage agenda, a lot of the times when people come back and they've been abducted or this or that, or they get channeling messages from demons, they're saying, oh, we're going to come, you're going to take your next great step in evolution. We're going to take you from the age of Pisces and take you into the age of Aquarius, which is where you'll be as gods. You're going to go on your next evolutionary step where you'll be as gods. This is the big lie. This is the big satanic carrot that he's dangling out in front of these people. And you see nothing yet. Because when all the lying signs and wonders come, that's really going to be convincing. And then you throw a whole bunch of fear and all kind of cataclysmic events, plagues, pestilences, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, terrorist events. People are going to be maximally traumatized. Probably World War III. Throw that in. People are going to be so traumatized. This is going to, think, this is going to be like the best sound of thing to these people that they've ever heard when that, when that offer is made. So let's go further. Alchemy is both philosophy and practice with the aim of achieving the ultimate wisdom as well as immortality, involving the improvement of the alchemist as well as making of several substances described as possessing unusual properties. Okay, so going further, the ultimate goal of alchemy is the achievement of the great work, the magnus opus, okay, that we talked about earlier, which is the transmutation of base metals into gold, or esoterically the transmutation of men into gods. You shall be as gods. Again, the same lie that was told right at the very beginning that caused mankind to sin, or Eve at least, and then Adam. Satan doesn't change his tactics. 
The paintings above that we just talked about reflect this harmony between the elements of alchemy, which are air, fire, water, and earth, who are embodied respectively by Hermes, Vulcan, Ceres, and Poseidon. George Washington himself is portrayed in a similar fashion, as a figure of alchemy. In alchemical symbolism, Washington's throne is the seat of wisdom. That's how highly the occultists elevate Washington. Do you honestly think they would do that if he was a true born-again Christian? Come on. And we're going to prove, we're going to more than amply... I already did a study on Washington a long time ago. Got a lot of flack for it. But this is just further confirmation. We're going to be getting into some new stuff today as well. Not just him, but a lot of the founding fathers. Look at what they say. So, directly under the dome, on the floor below is the Capitol's crypt. It comprises 40 Doric columns sustaining the floor above. At the center of the circle of columns is a brass compass star, which is the literal center of Washington, D.C. It's like ground zero, okay? All street addresses in Washington, D.C. are attributed in relation to this star. All street addresses in Washington, D.C. are are attributed in relation to the star. If you've read the other Mystical Sites articles concerning the Manitoba Legislation Building and the Supreme Court of Israel, now I've done a study, I don't know where it's at, on the Supreme Court of Israel as well. It was within a study on Israel. And the occult, all the occult stuff there as well. You'll notice that all these buildings feature a crypt with columns placed in a circular fashion with a star at the center of them. See, it's just a big accident though. Just a big coincidence. Don't believe anything I'm saying. Anyway, and then it says directly aligned with the top of the dome. The star is is directly aligned with the top of the dome. See, there's all kind of occultic significance here. This distinctive feature is present is also present in those modern day Masonic temples. Okay, hold on. This distinctive feature present in those modern day Masonic temples hold a special significance. Under the crypt is Washington's tomb. His body is, however, at Mount Vernon, due to a legal battle, supposedly. Seeing, as was previously stated, that Washington is revered as the American Christ, an occultist might argue, however, that the tomb was meant to be empty, a little like Jesus Christ was. Strap that one on for size. How you like that? Yeah, if that don't get you fired up, your wood's wet. What blasphemy. Do you realize what I just read? What blasphemy. Now I'm telling you, this is from an occult standpoint. And they're not going out of their way to attack Christianity here. But they're stating the obvious. You got an empty tomb? And George Washington's considered the American Christ? And the tomb, an occultist would argue the tomb is meant to be empty. A little like Jesus Christ is. Wow. But it all happened by chance, all this, you know, there's no merit to any of it. It it is impossible to include all of the Capitol's noteworthy features in a single article, but here are some interesting photos. Now, this this one photo we're looking at is depicting a bare-chested and fiery Washington, George Washington, modeled after the Zeus of Mount Olympus. 
and was meant to be put on display at the Capitol, but it caused so much controversy and made people so uncomfortable in a very Christian, very Puritan early America, nobody really understood why they had to look at a naked Washington. I mean, he's naked from the waist up. And he's in here and he's pointing, he's pointing up with one hand, and in his other hand he's got this sword, and he's bare-chested. I mean, way more information than I need to know. And they're portraying him like Zeus, who was the highest of all the, what, you know, gods, the pantheon of gods that they had in Greece or whatever. So they're attributing him into that, you know. But nobody really understood why they had to look on a naked Washington. They also did not understand why he was portrayed as a pagan god. It is now the Smithsonian Institute. And it shows the picture of it here, the little plaque in front of it, the Smithsonian. The next picture, or sculpture, this is really weird looking. This was created by the same mastermind who brought us the above Washington Zeus Baphomet sculpture. Horatio Greenow, Horatio Greenow, it depicts a strong white man subduing a crazy savage Indian. The strong white man, who is about two times his side, is saying, is essentially saying to him, Shh, it's okay, puny savage, your misery is over, our great civilization will take good care of you, end of quote. This non-offensive work is appropriately called, I guess non-offensive, they mean that tongue-in-cheek, this non-offensive work is a Appropriately called, quote, the rescue. Like, we came here and rescued the Indians type of thing. I think we killed a whole lot more of them than we, when we rescued. And was placed in the Capitol's rotunda for a while. It is now in storage and reportedly in bad condition. Now, that's a shame. Really a shame. I mean, that almost brings tears to my eyes. Anyway, uh, just kidding. Uh, next thing, we look at this big stained glass, stained glass window, which shows... Well, here, let me just read it to you. In 1955, a prayer room was set up next to the Capitol's rotunda. The window depicts the God-man Washington praying and contains some of other interesting, interesting symbols you might recognize. And it's a real long window, and it has the um, pyramid at the top, the uncapped pyramid. It's the same pyramid on the back of the $1 bill with the all-knowing eye of Horus or Osiris or Lucifer at the top. And um, it's got that at the top, and then it says, This Nation Under God. But again, what God are they in reference to? Lucifer. Okay, And then it has Washington in the middle uh, saying, Blessed... God, for in thee do I put my trust. But say, again, you could say, God, who's your God? See, Washington's God was the great architect of the universe. He clearly stated that in his writings. The great architect of the universe is the God of the Freemasons. Or Baphomet. Or Lucifer. Whatever, whatever veneer you want to put on him. And then the very bottom, it has the other side of the seal of the United States with the eagle and the... Uh, that whole thing, which we could do a whole study on. Now, I give you the link right here to, or right above this, to, um, or I thought I did. Where's it at? Uh, the link. Oh, here it is. The Eye of the Phoenix, The Secrets of the $1 Bill. This is the one CuttingEdge.org put out. Excellent. So if you want to know more, I, I kind of thought that this is the appropriate place to put that link. So if you go to the teaching for... Uh, January 9th, 2011, you know, the Founding Fathers one that we're doing here. 
and you click on the 34-page PDF, you will um, you will uh, uh, be able to find those links. In 1955, a prayer room was set up next to the Capitol's Rotunda. Okay, I already read that. Sorry. And then there's this next picture, which is really creepy. It shows Washington and Abraham Lincoln like embracing. I mean, they're like cheek to cheek. It's like really creepy. And they've got these little women angels with wings, which I've done whole studies on that subject. And they're, all, they're only one type of woman angel with wings depicted in the Bible, and I believe Zephaniah, and the Bible clearly states that, and an, a good angel clearly states, this is wickedness. Okay, so women angels with wings are not something you want to have in your house or all this other stuff. My mom used to be obsessed with that, and yet she was, before she got saved, she was, you know, as Christ-hating as you could just about be. And yet, it was okay for her to have the women angels with wings. I wonder what spirits were influencing her in that thought pattern. It's not good to have any graven images set up in your house. Angels in the Bible are always depicted as usually good-looking men without wings. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't ever have wings, okay? Maybe in their spiritual form. But I'm telling you, in the Bible, the way they manifest is always usually good-looking, a good-looking man, okay? Without wings. You just don't see the wings presented in there. Um... But anyway, this is a creepy picture of Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Uh, anyway, to conclude, simply put, the Capitol is America's ceremonial center. It is where Americans celebrate their new president's inauguration, where they mourn those that have been deceased, whether we are witnessing Obama marching up 33 steps to the Capitol. 33 steps! What, like the 33 degrees of Freemasonry? 33 is an incredibly important occultic number to... Uh, the uh, Freemasons in particular, and occultists. Whether, uh, okay, so, we're seeing Gerald Ford's casket on on display underneath the apotheos, which is the oculus, which, that picture we described. All rituals are fully permeated with occult symbolism. It is simply impossible to understand this country, its rulers, and their philosophy without understanding their Masonic origin. Very important you understand this. Because if somebody thinks, well, I'm a patriot, I'm sis, boom, ba, rah, 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 and you don't understand all this, all this is going to do, this type of information I'm giving you, is offend you. But, as the Bible says in Galatians 4.16, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Most of the time, that's the way it's going to be. People get into this information, they email me, and they're all down and depressed and lamenting how they've lost all their friends and their family can't stand them anymore and this and that. I mean, I, I sympathize with them. But that's what happens when you start going down the path of truth, typically. It's a path that most people want nothing to do with. And it's a path you're most likely going to have to walk from a... Sometimes you may have to just walk it alone. I'm not saying Jesus Christ is not with you, but I'm saying from a physical standpoint, you might have to walk it alone. You know, Hopefully you have a spouse or whatever that, that has come to the same conclusions. You know, but a lot of times people, I mean, the Christmas thing alone, my word, I mean, that's like, that's such a gigantic issue for so many people. I mean, that is just like the deal breaker. That is like, okay, my family's totally disowned me. They want nothing more to do with me. They, they, they have disowned me literally just because of Xmas. 
just because they want to celebrate Saturnalia and Tammuz, the sun god, because he is the reason for the season, just remember, Jesus Christ got nothing to do with that devil holiday. Nothing. Saturnalia. It's what it was. It was what it was celebrated way before it was ever became the, the Roman Catholics ever tried to put a Christian veneer on it and call it Christmas. And they just melded the pagan religion of Saturnalia with, with uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. But it was always the birth of the sun god, Tammuz, who was essentially the reincarnation of Nimrod, which is where we get the start of the ancient mystery, Babylonian mystery religions. You know, that by itself. Now, here's where I give the uh, links to the Secret Beginnings of America, the, the DVD presentation, and the Secret Mysteries of America, Riddles in Stone, which is where we actually get into the actual architecture of Washington, D.C. Excellent, excellent presentation. So I'm going to go ahead and end part one there, and we'll go to part two next. If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's free Christian current events and health newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's d-r-j-o-h-n-s-o-n at the letter i, the letter x, dot n-e-t-c-o-m dot com with the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613 or on the internet paypal can be used at contendingfortruth.com thank you and may the lord jesus christ richly bless you